Greetings to each one in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> we invite your attention in opening scripture to Second Chronicles, the thirty-second uh, chapter. Impressed with this uh, passage of scripture, and uh, I'd like to read this uh, very first part of this chapter, chapter 32 of Second Chronicles. <clears throat> this is a very familiar uh, incident in the life of Israel. It has to do with uh, Hezekiah, and we'll be talking just a little about him uh, after I read the scripture. After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountain which were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the king of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and... Uh, and another wall without, and repaired Milo, Milo in the city of David, and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people, and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city, and spoke, spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed, for the king of Assyria, for all the multitudes that is with him, for there be more with us than with them. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God, to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. <clears throat> it starts out there, it says, after these things. Well, what are the things they're talking about? If we go back through the preceding uh, chapters we'll see the um, how that um, uh, Hezekiah when he became king uh, he he did a number of things there he was uh, he, he did a change made a change in Israel because Israel had fallen away and some of the kings before that had uh, let the uh, the um, worship in the temple lapse they had uh, it had not been repaired, and there were there were just things that were in general disrepair, dis, disarray. So, uh, if we look in some of those preceding chapters, we see that uh, Ezekiel came in and repaired the house of the Lord. He was a young man, 25 when he became king, and uh, he he repaired the house of the Lord. It says he made a covenant with the Lord. Um, not only that, but uh, the uh, there were two kingdoms at that time. The, the northern kingdom, northern tribes of Israel had were a separate kingdom. And uh, when Hezekiah 
was determined to uh, to uh, begin again the worship in the temple, he invited some of these northern tribes to join them. And uh, many of them did. Others just mocked and, and didn't have anything to do with it. But uh, it says numbers of them came to, uh, to worship at Jerusalem from these northern tribes. He, uh, he had a, a collection system there to collect the things that were needed for the worship of God. Uh, in chapter 31 then uh, the last few verses this is what it says and thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth and truth before the Lord his God and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and the commandments to seek his God he did it with all his heart and prospered and then we have the the one, the verses that I read earlier. <clears throat> and so he, he prepared Jerusalem for the invasion of this Assyrian army. He uh, diverted the water course. If we go a little further in, verse, in chapter 32, uh, it says, verse 30, this, this same Hezekiah also stopped the upper water course of Gihon, and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all his work. Uh, you can go into uh, handbooks like Halley's handbook would give you uh, that story. Now uh, that uh, uh, Hezekiah uh, turned a water course and and went uh, made a actually made a tunnel for the water to uh, to come down through. To the other part of the city, and uh, uh, that that tunnel is still can be seen. And there's an inscription that tells how they did it. They started uh, with two crews, one on each end of this huge uh, rock, and I uh, forget how many hundreds of feet it is. But they started on each end, and these two crews worked together and chipping away this rock till they got to the middle. And made this water course. Uh, that's not part of my message, but it was interesting. It's an interesting thing if you want to look that up and read about that. <clears throat> he repaired the wall. Says he made weapons. He encouraged his men. And uh, verses seven and eight. I'm going to read them again. This is the encouragement that he gave. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed. For the king of Assyria, for all the multitudes that is with him, for there be more with us than with, it, with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Uh, Judah or, uh, Hezekiah here was quoting from the scripture uh, and experiences of those uh, prophets and people who had gone before uh, I'll just read uh, if we look at Deuteronomy I'm going to read a few verses there uh, Deuteronomy verse uh, chapter 20 the first four verses this is Moses speaking when thou goest out to battle against the enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people 
more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be, when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto the battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not, and do not tremble, tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. So this is uh, basically the same words that Hezekiah was encouraging his people with. And I'm sure Hezekiah knew about these things. In Second uh, Kings 6, we have the account of Elisha and uh, how the... Uh, uh, king of Syria was after Elisha to capture him and um, and they surrounded the city where he was and uh, and the um, servant of Elijah was oh, he said um, what are we going to do and uh, oh Elisha said we have more with us than with them the very same words that Hezekiah was using here and then Elisha said uh, prayed to the Lord and said open his eyes and uh, the servant looked up and uh, says uh, uh, the mountains around the city were filled with the horses and chariots of the Lord and so we have Hezekiah here um, pointing them to the scriptures and to the uh, way that God delivered them before and uh, and then the, the, the words or the phrase that really caught my attention here in this scripture was the, uh, where it says, um, in verse 8, And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. That leads me then to the title of my message Resting Confidently just a few thoughts about rest uh, rest is healthy when you can uh, when you can relax and rest it reduces stress um, rest is something that refreshes uh, the body and the mind uh, rest regenerates our energy, clears our mind. Uh, rest is good. Rest is healthy. The, the meaning of the word rest there in uh, scripture we were reading, I think in, uh, in the center line of my Bible, it says they leaned on the words of, of uh, Hezekiah. Uh, we, need, uh, we need that kind of uh, confident resting in a spiritual sense in, uh, the, uh, in our society in the way in the world in which we live where we can we need something to lean on we need to have a spiritual rest resting place and that's what I'd like to have encourage us in this morning there are uh, Bible examples of rest uh, that uh, rest that is physical 
and also rest is spiritual. The Bible, when it talks about rest, uh, uses uh, this term uh, for both. Uh, in Second Chronicles, uh, I won't turn to a lot of these because they're very familiar. I'll just mention them. In Second Chronicles, uh, Asa uh, says rested on. Uh, that's Second Chronicles fourteen nine through eleven. I think I will read that one because I'm close to it here. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousands and three hundred chariots and came unto Morasha. Thousand thousands, what is that? Is that a million? Um, then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of uh, Zaphatha and Marasha. And, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help whether thou with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go out against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. There Asa was resting. He was leaning on the fact that God was with them. He was, uh, he was resting there on that. That was his resting place. God's presence gives us rest. Uh, this is uh, referring to the time when Moses said, uh, uh, Lord, if, if, uh, if you don't go with us, uh, we can't do this. And the Lord promised Moses that he would go along with him and his presence would, would give them rest. This is in Exodus 33. The land shall rest. Uh, they had a what they called a year of jubilee, and also every seventh year, they had a, a God commanded them that they would have a, a a system where they would not uh, grow anything on their land every seventh year. It was a, a time of rest, so the land could rest. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the Old Testament. Uh, if you look in Strong's Concordance and look up the word rest, and many verses uh, talk about the Sabbath rest. And it starts way back in Genesis where God created the uh, uh, created everything and then it said the seventh day he rested. And this uh, Sabbath rest is a, a principle that's carried out through all of the Bible. And uh, we still keep that today, although we do rest now on the Lord's Day. Uh, since since uh, resurrection and since the church began. Uh, not all, all Christian people do that. Some still rest on Saturday. That's uh, fine, I guess, if they want to do that. But um, we believe that uh, it's a good thing that uh, we have this day of rest, a day when we can uh, uh, leave those, uh, uh, the cares of, of our making a living and all and just uh, rest and have uh, 
a time of refreshing. It's, it's a time that refreshes us spiritually and uh, physically as well. <coughs> In Jeremiah 6, 16, I think um, uh, Mark read that this morning about uh, look for the old paths and uh, you'll find rest for your souls, he says. It was encouraging to, uh, uh, to the people that uh, Jeremiah was encouraging them to go back to walk with God, walk with the way God wants you to, and look for the old paths, and ask for the old paths, and you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus and his disciples rested. In uh, several places it talks about how Jesus invited his disciples to come to a desert place or a place of uh, seclusion where they could rest because there was, there was much activity and there was much work that they were doing. And it, um, Jesus recognized the fact that they needed this time of rest. <clears throat> Jesus says, I will give you rest. Very familiar verses where he says, Come unto me, um, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> Revelation 14.3, uh, that verse uh, is the one where it says, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord, and it says they will rest from their labors. It talks of eternal rest. And uh, really that's what the um, culmination of this message would be an encouragement to us. And uh, I'll read a verse in Hebrews at at the end that talk about that. That we uh, are looking for uh, a rest that's eternal, one that is uh, that will we won't have to uh, labor, we won't get tired. Uh, we'll have an eternal rest. <clears throat> psalm 23, very familiar verses in the beginning of that psalm where it says, uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. The, the picture there of, of a restful situation. I had, to think of, uh, I had to think of some things that were not restful. Especially when we think of a, the society in which we live, um, uh, it seems like we live in a mixed-up world. We live in a we live in a society that's um, in turmoil, and uh, seems like very little rest, very little, uh, very little that uh, in society that you can lean on, that you can put your weight on. Um, you know, you want you want something that is um, stable, something you can just you know put your entire trust and weight on. Um, I'm going to pick on Ellis just a little bit. Um, we have some chairs at our house that he won't sit on. <laughs> he just he just don't quite trust. And these are these chairs are about a hundred years old, I guess. And uh, and uh, Ellis uh, says I'll set on something else. Uh, that's okay. Just teasing. 
But that's uh, it, it's an illustration of, you know, you want something that will hold you. You want something you can lean on. You want something you can trust. And uh, we have chairs that works for him too. So. Um, some things that are not restful. Human wisdom and strength and riches are not stable. You know, we can't we can't put our trust completely in those kind of things. I'm going to read from Jeremiah, uh, ninth, the ninth chapter. Verse 23 uh, three says this, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. We can't put our confidence in human wisdom and strength and riches. There, there's a lot of uh, education, a lot of learning, a lot of uh, human wisdom that's... Uh, um, passed out in our world today but uh, those things change those things don't hold up uh, they're not something that we can count on uh, another thing that's not restful is world news there's so much confusion uh, so much difference of opinion uh, wars and rumors of wars sometimes I I check the news on the computer and my wife says what's on the news well that's what I tell her wars and rumors of wars seems like that's much of what what's taken up with a third thing that is not restful is most modern music um, and that includes so called religious music as well uh, that the kind of music that is uh, in society is not designed to be restful. It's designed to stir people up. And uh, uh, stir them up physically, stir them up emotionally, I guess. Um, it was interesting, about a week ago, the, we had a bus meeting. Uh, the safety supervisor of our bus company was there and and uh, he, uh, this is one of the things he said. He said, "You, uh, you who use uh, AM, FM radio on your, on the bus," he says, "I've observed that you have a lot more trouble with noise, and with disbehavior on your bus if you have the radio on." He said, "You, uh, you folks that don't use it," he said, "you're fortunate." Uh, I learned that 30 years ago when I first started driving bus. And uh, the students would say, turn the radio on. Well, I said, I don't do radios. And um, uh, it seemed like when you uh, have that kind of music going, it just, uh, it's, a, it's something that stirs up. Not, it's not something that's uh, restful. It's not something that's, that's relaxing, that kind of music. found another interesting thing in this study. A 
upset. Same word, right? The pronounce is the same. One is rest, the other means to twist. Um, let me read you uh, what Peter says. Got a mark down here. Second Peter. Let's see, I'll read um, I guess I'll start reading at verse 14 Second uh, Peter 3.14 Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things be diligent that ye be found of him in peace without spot and blameless and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. That's this word right here. Rest as they do also other scriptures under their own destruction. Uh, this resting of the scriptures, this twisting of scriptures and misinterpreting and and saying the scripture means one thing when it actually means probably just the opposite. And it's common in the kind of churches that, that uh, Mark was talking about this morning, where the scriptures are twisted. That's, uh, that's something that is not, um, it's not restful. Another thing that destroys rest is uh, the economy and material possessions. These can destroy rest. Uh, these things are not stable. We can't rest or lean on these on material things. Uh, we might uh, maybe we think, well, we got enough that. Um, you know, all of our money can't be taken away from us. All of our material things. And yet it can. But that's not the only thing. We can be removed from our material things very easily. The rich fool that Jesus talked about learned this. Uh, Jesus said, This night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then whose will those things be? So they are not stable. I'd like to have ask two questions now. First of all, what can we uh, what can we put our confidence in while we live in an unstable world? What is it that's stable? What is it that's that we can lean on? What is it that we can put our full weight on and trust? Well, first of all, and most important, is the Word of God. Never underestimate the stability that comes from immersing ourselves in God's Word. We can uh, know we can read other things, we can read other good books, and, uh, but 
we should never underestimate that stability that comes when we uh, put ourselves fully and uh, and trust fully in the Word of God and immerse ourselves in that daily and keep uh, keep the Word of God in mind in our lives and uh, apply it to our lives and use it uh, use it in uh, situations that are uh, unrestful in our lives. Continue to go back to the Word of God. We can put our confidence in that. And uh, we might think, well, you know, it's it's so familiar, and it's uh, we know it so well, and we read it so often. And, but uh, let's let's never underestimate the the stability that we can have when we immerse ourselves daily in God's Word. Second thing we can put our confidence in is faithful brethren of like faith and practice. And you might say, well, now you're saying you put your confidence in man. But I'm qualifying this. It's, uh, it's those who are God's people. We can't do it alone. We can't... Uh, we need help. We need to uh, rely on others. And we can't uh, rely just on ourselves. We need the help of others. We need the encouragement of others. Um, we need to be an active part of a local church body, not just a drifter, not just going from place to place and hoping we find what we need. But we need to have uh, to be an active part of a local church body, and uh, we should be an encouragement to each other. This is this is something we can lean on place where we can lean, a place where when we stumble and when we fail at times that we can come back to and, and have support and help. We shouldn't have to go outside our circles to find stability. And I'm talking here about reading material, um, Sermons, fellowship, things of that nature. We should be able to find the stability that we need right in our own circles and in our own group. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that we can't be friends with others. And uh, maybe there's some encouragement we can get from others as well. But our main, um, our main fellowship and our main... Um, um, Not sure what word to use, but support group. Yeah, that's a good one. It should be in our own circles. <coughs> a third thing that we can put our confidence in is service that benefits others and spreads the gospel and sows the seed. Um, seemed like uh, to me like there's hardly anything that would. Um, take the place of this you know we, we need to we need to be outgoing and and helping others um, mission work um, speaking probably to the younger ones here uh, young people uh, Christian school teachers 
uh, there's a need for those. Uh, work of missions where you can go out in short term work or even longer term. Maybe even if God calls you to lifetime service in, in missions. Uh, here's something that will add stability to your life. And uh, not only that, but it will give uh, benefit to others. There's disaster relief service. There's the giving of our means. These are all things that uh, would come under this this uh, same thing, that of, of service that benefits others and spreads the gospel and sows seed. These are, are things that uh, the Word of God, uh, faithful church group, and uh, service to others are things that will add stability to our life and uh, that we can count on. <coughs> Second question, how can we avoid things that cause unrest and confusion in our attitudes? You know, um, the, the society, like I mentioned, is, is, very, um, is very confusing and unrestful. It seems like it just, uh, all, it's all stirred up and uh, it's not going to get better. The Bible tells us that. Things will get worse and worse. And so... Uh, how can we avoid uh, things that cause us to take on that kind of an attitude ourselves? <clears throat> I have two things that I, that, and uh, you could add to this, this list probably. First of all, uh, we need to use caution in our entertainment and spare time pursuits. I'm thinking of uh, sports, Electronics, um, Facebook, ouch. Always being plugged in, I always think we have to be, you know, I, I run across this in the school bus. People with plugs in their ears or earphones, always got to be plugged in. Always got to have some noise. Uh, um, I've listed hobbies here. No overindulgence in all these things uh, can cause us to become unsatisfied in spiritual matters. You know, when we have uh, have an overindulgence in in um, things that are entertainment um, entertainment uh, based, it gives us. Uh, it can, it can cause us unsatisfaction in spiritual matters. <clears throat> A day of selfish pursuits leaves our minds in turmoil. It's, it's not something that's restful. It's not something that will give us rest and uh, peace. But it will only add to the turmoil in our hearts. <clears throat> um, I know... Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, you can't do some things for uh, recreation. Um, there are things that are upbuilding. Recreation can be upbuilding. can be almost like rest sometimes if you don't overdo it. But um, I'm talking about 
the society in general tends to overindulge in in uh, uh, entertainment, and I I guess I get um, a bit uh, appalled at uh, listening sometimes to uh, conservative people, conservative Mennonite people, and how up they are on sports and some of the modern movie, movies and and uh, things of that nature. Is it is it um, is it beneficial to us to know those things, and how do we know those things? Uh, we dare not overindulge in in entertainment because it is not sta- it doesn't add to our stability. Second thing. We need to maintain a proper attitude toward material result uh, pursuits. Uh, this is how we can avoid uh, things that uh, cause unrest and confusion in our attitude. Maintain a proper attitude toward material pursuits. Yes, we we need to make a modest living. We need to have food, clothing, shelter. Uh, we need uh, there's things we need uh, but we don't need everything we can um, I painted in a new house one time uh, several years ago and this house had um, very, some very unique things there were some doors that you couldn't see until you know just where to push the button to open it and the wall would open and you could get through different places and it's a very fancy house. I think it had 22 rooms or something like that. And um, I heard the carpenter and the cabinet maker talking one time and and the uh, carpenter was, was uh, or maybe it's the other way around, the cabinet maker was <laughs> explaining to this carpenter about some of these doors and some of these um, passages in this house that you couldn't see till you knew where to push the button. And then um, the other one said, well, why? And the, and the man answered him and said, because he can. I say that to say this, that, uh, we don't need everything that we can. We live in a, we live in a society and, and most of us are, have extra, and uh, you know we can afford things that uh, perhaps we should just not we need to have a modest living and if there's gain that should be to help others who are less fortunate than we are uh, God, God has so richly blessed us in material things and things that uh, that uh, benefit us and I think we are have a greater responsibility to be sharing with those who have less our gain should be to help others who are less fortunate another thing that we can do to maintain this uh, proper attitude toward material pursuits is read this book um, the other side of the wall it's right by uh, Gary Miller. <clears throat> um, 
And I won't explain about all what's in the book, but uh, it's a very it's a very informative book about our giving and our attitude in giving and why we give and how we should give and how we should um, how we should not give. Um, I have one copy. Anyone wants to borrow it, they can. I'm finished reading it. it uh, it's an eye opener. It's um, it's a Christian Aid Ministries book, so you could get more if you if you want to order those. <clears throat> I encourage you to read that. Turn with me to Hebrews four in closing. I'm going to read this entire chapter. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left uh, left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do, do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limited a certain day saying in David today after so long a time as it is said today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts for if Jesus had given them rest then would he not have afterward have spoken of another day there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God for he that has entered into his rest he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, and all things are naked and open unto him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We have much good example from the scripture about those things which are stable. I noticed something here that was, I thought was a little different. We think of rest as a, um, as a, um, that comes after labor. Here it says, uh, let us labor to enter into the rest. Um, rest comes after labor. But here it says that we are to, uh, I would say, put forth an effort to find those things and to do those things that are stable, that would bring stability to our lives. 
unto our souls. Jesus went before us in this matter. He says he is a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. We know that Jesus went before us. And so then, once again, It says, um, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fail after the same example of unbelief. And verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And that rest will be eternal.